Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. We are your hosts of the show, Karen and Kelly Sarlow. Whether you're struggling with grief or you just need answers, we connect you with spirit to find relief, clarity, and direction in life. We can help you move forward. Good morning, Kelly. Hi. I have three really distressed women who book a session because dad has died and all three of them are in a conundrum of uncomfortable feelings. Okay. And all for different reasons around their dad and each other. And they are looking for some answers from dead dad. Uh, All right. So can you give me the names for three sisters? Three distressed sisters. Okay. It's last minute. You're getting rhyming. Sarah, Lara, Kara. (laughs) Okay. That's fair. So um, I can see these three women. They're on Zoom and they're in different locations. So we have the four different cameras, right? In the, those quadrants. And um, Sarah just says to me, um, you can just go open. I'd like to hear whatever my dad wants to tell me. And he begins by saying to me, um, she wants to know that I know that she arrived. She wants to know that she got there in time. Mm-hmm. And he says, and this is kind of weird, Karen, in the sense that I was really going in and out. And he said, there were times where my eyes were wide open. And he said, but I wasn't really there. And when she arrived and walked into the room, my eyes were wide open. And so she thought, oh, I've made it. Dad's awake. And she walked right over to the bed, sat down right beside me and just started talking. And he said, but I wasn't really there. And he said, so she begins and she's talking to me. Oh, dad, I just got in. And he says, she's telling me about my, about her flight. She's telling me how she took a cab and she rushed and she's trying to prove that she's, that she loves me and she's done all of these things for me. And he goes, so I want to acknowledge, first of all, that she did all of those things And he says, and the conversation is partly that I wanted to say thank you that she did all of those things because she never got to hear my thank you for booking the flight, rushing, Mm -hmm. upending her life. The intent. Yeah. And he says, so I do want her to know that I know that she did all of that because she feels really angry. She's really hurt after doing all of that that I really actually wasn't present. So it took her a couple of minutes before she realized I was just staring at things because she was, while she looked at me, she didn't stare at me to see that while my eyes were open, I wasn't actually connected to her. Mm -hmm. So that's heartbreaking. Like anyway, there was, I've just felt tons of empathy for her in that moment because man, oh man, that's a heartbreaking moment. And then he said, she, she took a voice recorder. She was fumbling in her purse to get a voice recorder out. At his bedside? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And she's going to want you to explain why she brought the voice recorder. And he says, it's very important. So I asked him, I said, well, what explanation do you have about the voice recorder? And he goes, all the way in the plane, like her flight, she keeps thinking, 
what am I going to do to hear dad keep telling me after he's died that I'm okay, that I'm a good girl, that I'm all right? Like, I need dad to reassure me. He goes, she always came to me for reassurance over anything that was going on. She'd call me from work. She'd call me from home, like in her vehicle. He says it was just always to reassure her. And he says, at this point, he says, I am so sorry. I never put an end to this. But I really liked those calls. And I I Mm. liked the position I was in. Made me feel really important and still really connected. Plus, I got to hear everything she was doing and the kids were doing. And he says, and I was afraid that if I told her that she should stop <laughs> looking for this reassurance, she's a grown-ass woman, that I was going to hurt her feelings, I was going to insult her, that it's my fault that I've kept this going. He says, my wife told me I shouldn't have been doing shit like that and that I should have said something. He goes, but I didn't. And so here she is fumbling in her purse looking for her cell phone to hit voice memo, because she's hoping that she's going to get reassurance, Mm -hmm. that she's going to be okay after I die. So she wants to be able to hear that so that every time she still wants to call me, she can listen to the voice recorder to hear me reassuring her again. Honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I and we can talk about two different kind of um, approaches to this. If it's a codependency mm-hmm. where she actually needs to hear mm-hmm. that she's okay, that things mm-hmm. are going to be fine because she never develops the actual confidence to know it herself, mm-hmm. then yes, that's a problem. And mom is right. He probably should have put an end to that a long time ago. Um if you're calling because your dad is your hype person and is mm. the is the guy who just goes, you're the best, you've got this, I believe mm. in you, like, and he's just echoing back or mirroring back the things that you've come to understand about yourself, but we tend to forget when we're a little bit anxious um, or we just need the reminder and it's not codependency, they're just your person. Mm-hmm. Um, these, are, these are beautiful things and I would want to voice record it too. Kelly, it made me... Thank you for sharing all of that. That's good for everybody to hear. It made me go back in my memory to after my dad passed in 2001. And one day I remembered that I actually had a voice recorder with his voice on it. Mm -hmm. And I had the little cassette. I can see it in my mind. Yeah. And I remember going and trying to play it and it didn't work. And I couldn't hear his voice again like that. And I just thought, I just remembered being so disappointed that even though as a medium, I can still hear my dad talking to me, it's not the same thing as hearing out loud like a human voice here. There is a a difference. And I remembered being disappointed that I didn't have that voice recording. Mm -hmm. So I understood, I thought what she was looking for. And I'm not going to answer your question because it... it, I didn't ask one. Sorry, I'm not going to address your two points, because it does come out later in the session. Okay. (laughs) So I explained all of this to her and she said, oh my God, I can't believe you can finish people's conversations. This is so helpful for me. She says, I needed to hear this. And I can see in one of the other cameras, one of the sisters, well, actually both of the sisters were having responses, nonverbal, just their looks and their shifting in their chair. I could see that they were uncomfortable with her messages. 
And I didn't understand why, but I just noted because they were kind of moving around. I guess your distraction on Zoom, people are moving around in a different screen. And dad says to me, Karen, this is going to come up in another daughter's uh, comments. And I said, okay, I said, I'll, I'll wait. So we finished our conversation, Sarah and I, that she was looking to finish that kind of conversation with her dad. And I checked in, did this meet your needs? Did I cross boundaries? Just the regular check-in questions. And she just said, no, no, this was great. And she says, go ahead, talk to my sisters. This is good. I want to sit here and sort of a, like absorb this and what he's going to say to them. So then I went to Lara, Lara, and I said, Lara, um, what do you need? And she goes, I'm going to do open, which surprised me given that she had been shuffling in her chair. I thought she was going to ask me something. Mm -hmm. And she said, no, she says, I see how this is working. And she goes, I didn't think you were going to be able to do anything like this. She said, I thought you were going to give us a few validations that he had brown hair, different things I've seen on TV shows and some of the books I've read. I really didn't know we were going to get like a conversation. An, uh, an emotional connection and conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I said, okay, I'll just ask your dad. And he goes, okay. He goes, um, I want to say to, to Laura that I'm really sorry because Sarah is going to her for her validation seeking uh. since I've died. And he said, and she won't have it. <laughs> okay. He says, she and Sarah are not getting along and the relationship is absolutely falling apart. And he said, Lara is angry and is trying to say to her sister, I am not dad. Hmm. You cannot call me five times every day. I don't, I don't have oh, time for times. this. Okay. Well, that's what she was doing to her dad, eh? Ah, yeah. Okay. And she says, um, he's saying to Lara... I know that you're angry because you knew that Sarah was doing this. You knew she was codependent. You knew that she was being really unhealthy in all of these behaviors. She knew that because she had spoken to me about the fact that I should have I should have changed this. I should have addressed this. And that that I should have prepared Sarah for my death. But I, I wanted to like... How about for life? How about yeah. not for my death? How about just prepared her for life better? And, and Laura and could agree with you for this. Yeah, and I'm sorry because I maybe I didn't hear it or maybe it wasn't said out loud. I didn't hear that she was calling him five times a day. I would mm-hmm. have had issues with that. Mm-hmm. I thought you meant she was just calling like when a big decision needed to be made or a conflict was happening. Like That's very different. And that's how it came through in the session. I didn't either in the first part. It comes out when he speaks to Lara and says to her, you have every right to be annoyed yeah, because you're not retired just sitting at home waiting for your three daughters to call. <laughs> mm-hmm. you're, not, you're not me. You're not, you're not an old guy that was just bored and just, you know. Needs to be needed. Yeah. And you're in a completely different situation, but this is how Sarah is treating you. And you you don't have the time, the energy, or the desire. This isn't your responsibility. This isn't your role. And Sarah's angry because you won't take the role. Mm. So even though she won't say it and she's being passive about it and not behaving well as a result of it, 
she's creating conflict and fights with you. And you're like, I don't want to fight. I don't, I don't want my relationship yeah. with my sister to disintegrate over this. But Sarah won't even admit it. She won't even go down that road. She doesn't see what's wrong with what she's doing. So there's a real, a really big disconnect now between the two sisters as a result of this. And so what he's saying to Lara today is, I'm really sorry about that. But it does kind of finish some of these conversations with, with Lara bec- um, bef- that he was having with her before he died. Because Laura was saying, Dad, you've got to finish this. You've got to address this before she passes, before you die. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we'll see. But wouldn't commit and wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And so this is affecting the relationship between the two sisters. So then he says to his daughters that Sarah needs to go to therapy. And that she needs to deal with us without bringing the problem to Lara, who doesn't want to go to therapy and doesn't want to have to deal with any of this. She thinks this is Sarah's issue. Kelly, it was such a moment between those two because then you see that they've actually had some conversations about this type of stuff and they have them again during the session. So at that point, I just sit there and I don't say anything for a minute because they're discussing that. Oh. Yeah, which was really good. And then dad comes in and says to Lara, what I want to say to you is I'm sorry. You told me all about this. You forewarned that this was going to happen. And now I have an opportunity to have a conversation with you to say you were right. I knew you were right all along. I just didn't want to deal with it. But I want to say that I'm sorry that I put you into this position because now you're fighting with your sister and you're just supposed to be grieving my death. You shouldn't actually have to be in a fight on top of grief. And then we move on to Kara. So ask Kara what she wanted. And she said, I'm going to do the same as my sisters. And I'm going to say, go open because man, oh man, has this been spot on? Dad's doing a bang up job. Just go. And I hear singing. And I hear, oh, Kelly, I don't know what you call it or if there's a a type of name for this song. Duet. Pardon me. (laughs) That wasn't that hard to think about. (laughs) where you hear two people sing a song and where one person sings one part and then the other person sort of does like a, um, what do you call that? Like a response? I don't mean where they sing together. So like Baby It's Cold Outside? Yes. That's a good example. And I hear that and then he starts, because I like that song, but then I hear that and then he says to me, that's what she's doing. And I went, what do you mean? And he goes, Kara is singing and she's purposely picking songs where she's going to sing one part of it. And then she waits and goes. Like you go, dad. And then she waits for me and she tries to hear that I'm going to sing the response back. That's fun. And then she continues and sings the next part of the song. And she does this all the way through the entire song. She picks different songs so that they can sing melodies together. But they're where she can sing it. And she wants him to hit a reply. 
And I told her that and she just squealed. Yeah, I bet. She goes, oh my God, I do this. And I said, he says too that you will carry on a conversation with him and you will wait. You will, you will say something and you will give a pause so he has to have a reply. And then you will think, yeah, I think I heard what he said about that. And it's not always that he agrees with you. You will even hear him say, Kara, no, 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 you got that wrong. It's not that she's just always looking for an agreement and that's just what she wants to hear. So she's making it up and then saying, hmm, that's my dad talking to me. No, she can actually hear will he where he will say things to her like, no, no, girl, no, that's wrong. This is like best case scenario for a dead person <laughs> is how Kara's behaving. Right. Yes. You're still making room for them and giving them an opportunity to have a voice. And you, Kara, or if you are a Kara, um, are practicing mm -hmm. your own intuition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I'm saying this on purpose because of the pause that you're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. You can you can start talking to them and talk ad nauseum and leave no room to actually hear and experience your own intuition, mm -hmm. which is not best case scenario for a dead person because there's literally, again, no space for them, mm -hmm. right? But what she's doing by having silence and seeing what she thinks, hears, feels, uh, knows in terms of... Um, her intuition, mm -hmm. she actually, she actually gets to practice it. Mm -hmm. And then, so she says to me, when I tell her all of that, she goes, yes. She goes, okay, what else? What else? What else? And now you can see she's really excited because she's getting all these validations from him. And he goes, well, he goes, sometimes she will talk to me and then she will go off into a daydream and I lose her. <laughs> and then she'll go, oh, shit. Oh, um, us humans too. Yeah. She'll go, dad, dad, I was daydreaming. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. And then she'll come back like, oh, sorry. Um, it wasn't that I was interrupting you, so to speak, with my words, but I was interrupting you with my daydream. Mm -hmm. And she laughs and giggles about that because she thinks that one's funny. And he goes, I just want her to know. I think it's funny too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he goes, she waits for me. Like, she'll literally then come back and go, okay, okay, so what I was saying was, like, I like I didn't hear her. <laughs> but it's, she's more so getting herself back on track. Yes. And he goes, and then she'll reword it, or she'll say, oh, this is what I was saying, or this is what I was asking you, or I forget. And then she'll come back eventually, and she'll go, oh, yeah, right. What I was asking you was this, or what I was saying is... He goes, and she has these absolutely gorgeous conversations with me. And then she still gives me that opportunity, and she tries to be in the pause to hear what I'm going to say. And he goes, so I, I'm here today to confirm all of these different types of ways that Kara's actually reaching out to speak to me. And he says, but I want to point out why. Because on Earth, we didn't have conversations like that. Mm. On Earth... I interrupted her and I talked over her and she would say, dad, that's not nice. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to interrupt and talk over me. That's not listening to me. That's not being respectful. That's not letting me adult. And he says, so she's found out or figured out now how to have healthier conversations with me where they end where we aren't in a fight. That's really sad on his part. 
that in his death, she gets a better version of her father, but she's been trying to have it while he was alive. Yeah. I agree. I mean, kudos to Kara for keeping her efforts. Mm-hmm. Because um, she could easily not. Mm-hmm. But she's saying, I'm still willing to try, Dad. Mm-hmm. And he says, I just want to point out that she's enjoying her conversations with me probably for the first time in her life since I'm dead. Mm-hmm. And I told her that. And she said, oh, my God, I tell my husband that all the time, that I have a better relationship with my dad since he's died. Mm-hmm. And that finally, he's listening to me, and he isn't interrupting and talking over me. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually working at this really hard to work through the relationship that I actually wanted to have with my dad. And she says, and I'm thrilled. And she says, and I have to tell you something. This is the best thing I could have done for myself was to call a medium to get the validation for that. Mm-hmm. That I'm not crazy. That when other people want to say, oh, that's woohoo stuff or oh, that's so stupid and be dismissive of how hard I'm trying and that I'm trying to find my own way. She says, so I really guard that and I don't share it with many people. And as a matter of fact, I just share that with my husband because he will support it and not put me down. It's a really neat uh, grieving process. And when I say neat, I also mean healthy. Mm-hmm. She's probably got the healthiest grieving process between the three. And mm-hmm. that's not any slight to Lara because Lara was positioned mm-hmm. in a very difficult way by her father and her sister. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like she has more to grieve because of the added um, grief of Sarah. Mm-hmm. A tiny bit of that occurred at the very end of the session between all four of us. And it was not channeling. It was just simply where the three sisters had a conversation. And I'll say in particular between Sarah and Lara, where they got to hear for the very first time what Lara is doing, or pardon me, Kara is doing. And then that the two of them chatted about the fact that they were grieving their dad and not, not having a good time of it. Mm-hmm. And that they could see that Kara really was and why, and the difference between what was going on. I didn't say anything. I just listened at that point because we were we were done. And it's not to say that Kara's doing it right and the others aren't. Mm-hmm. It's that there's three different dynamics from being parented differently. The three of them have different things to grieve. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that brought us to the end of the session, really. After all three of them chatted amongst each other, I think they kind of realized I was still sitting there and we were still in the Zoom session. (laughs) (laughs) And then each one of them thanked me. Each one of them thanked me for something a little bit different. I got to hear where Sarah um, was in a different place because of what she heard for the other two sisters. Oh my God, Sarah's buried in shame. Yeah. Like, she's got a whole, like I said, different grieving process to go through of Mm -hmm. her own experience and then the shame that the assurance has kept her in, Mm -hmm. right? Like the the assurance seeking that she's been doing. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a really cool session. I'm I'm so glad that you brought this um, to the podcast today because we're looking at 
family, right? Which is mm-hmm. already a hard thing to do. Family and grief is a more difficult thing to do. Um, and you've got, of course, like I said, three different experiences or expressions of the parenting that he's done. And they're all trying to figure out where the other person's at as well as where they are at themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then how do we come together and still feel like family when we feel pulled apart? Mm. I just like, and I know it didn't wrap up in a nice little bow or anything, cause we don't as families, but to be able to have different conversations going forward, to have a clearer understanding of where your siblings are at and where you're at, it, it just shifts the narrative, right? It shifts mm-hmm. the way you move forward as well. And I think that's a gift that, you know, you have given them by giving them uh, their dad a voice. Mm. Yeah. Which Thank is you. Huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do know, and I can't remember if I've said this, so you'll have to help me here a bit. I do know that he did apologize to each of the three daughters separately in their particular mm-hmm. uh, channeled sessions for the way that he had conducted himself in their relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And, and I, you know, we were all typically waiting for some kind of an apology from someone that we love mm. and have been hurt by, even if we've remained in a relationship with them, like these three daughters. Yeah. There's still something that we need closure about the apology for so that we can, like I've said before, move forward in a healthier mm. way. Um, and that's that's amazing that they get to walk away from the session with that. So mm-hmm. congratulations. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Sarlows. If you enjoyed the show today, help spread the love with a like, share, or review of the podcast. See you next Saturday with a brand new episode.